This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where right now they have some pretty good things going on with meat as we get into the comfort food time of year. Oh, yeah. They've got some prime chuck roast, say $4 a pound. That, by my calculation, is about 33% off. Um, Harris Ranch, prime chuck roast, right now, $4 a pound. And, of course, who doesn't love meatloaf? Oh, man. I'm looking at actually this picture. I think we're both looking at this picture of meatloaf from the deli. Classic meatloaf. You can get it uh, for eleven ninety nine a pound. You can also get their meatloaf entree uh, as a grab and go. Something you and I take advantage of often, and we've been talking about this for some time. Their meals ready to heat, where you can order from zoopans.com or call to call to your local zoopans, and uh, you can actually drive up. They'll bring it out to your car. So if you if you love hearty food. But you don't want to do the cooking, Zupans can do it for you. Right. And so simply go to zupans.com and then you can search through some of the things that might interest you mm-hmm. without even going into the store. Although we suggest going into the store oh, because yeah. it's even better when you get to look at it and talk about it and watch them weigh whatever you're doing, all that stuff. So that's great. And uh, they also now have a pretty good deal on Parmigiano Reggiano. Um, I was fortunate enough last year to go to. Um, see some uh, go to the farms and watch this being made in Italy. And it's incredible. So um, that is something you want to get your hands on right now. In addition to, wouldn't that go pretty well with apple cider? I would say what, what does a, a great cheese not go with? But yes, definitely apple cider. And Zupans has a great line, their own line of apple cider, uh, where you can get a 64-ounce bottle for $7.99. So you can, my girls like to drink it. We're drinking the Zupans apple cider cold out of the fridge. Uh, however, mm-hmm. they, there's also some recipes where you can turn your apple cider into the hot wassail. You like that hot wassail? No, I just like my nice, refreshing, and cold. I say it's two bottles a week per person you need for that. Or is it, of that. Is it, that's the proper quantity? Yes, two bottles a week per person. All right. That's what it is. You go through it so fast and so delicious. Um, we can't stay stocked up on it, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you have a family of four. I have to just use discipline myself, which <laughs> I don't have. So last thing is there they have a... Um, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of events, but they do have a really cool event that they've that has been very successful for years. Their floral design and wine on Burnside, November 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. The one that uh, is scheduled for October 25th is sold out. So I would say if you're into that floral design and wine, who isn't? Um, get out, get in on that at Zupans Market or Zupans.com right now for sure. And don't forget three locations to serve you well. You've got McAdam, you've got West Burnside, you've got Lake Oswego, and as Chris mentioned, you can always check them out online at Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson over there, not in kink.fm studios at home. Um, I'm getting used to this. I didn't like recording this via Zoom for a while. And right now, because when we have, when the transmission is good, right, when it's not spotty, it works pretty well. I, I, I have to say, I love going into the studio and sitting with guests, I will never not like that. But I'm starting to get used to this. I, you know, I have to take my bathrobe off now sometimes to record the podcast. Hey. I want to at least look like I have a shirt on. Sure, yeah, well, no, it's the it's the Zoom ready, which means from the waist up, your uh, you know your camera ready. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but I yeah, no, I'm kind of getting used to it now that it's freezing outside here. When I plug my uh, Chromebook in at my kitchen table i live in kind of an old house with not a lot of uh, electrical outlets so i have to use the one outside so the door is cracked oh a little bit and I, my legs are freezing no oh. so but that's okay people don't really need to know that but this is this is the new reality man that we're dealing it with is. and i'm getting really i'm glad i have comfortable chairs at my kitchen table yeah yeah it is the new reality. However, I did see somebody uh, j- uh, tweet this uh, yesterday, and it's a philosophy that I'll, I'll get behind, which is basically in in this new normal. And I just did that in quotes. If yeah. if what if what you want to do used to only require a phone call, 
there's no reason for you to make it a Zoom call today. Because I see I see that a lot where people now that Zoom has become so regular and doing right. the but where it, so people are like, oh, we'll have a Zoom call. It's just like, well, before the pandemic, we used to just call each other on the phone. Why are we now insisting that we see each other? Oh, you're talking about if it's two people. I mean, if it's two people and if it's something you used to do beforehand that just required a phone call, there's no reason for you to make it a Zoom call today. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, no, here's why. Because no one was talking on the phone. Right. So that stopped being a thing. Yeah. But now this is new. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I I, got that yesterday. I asked a, we were talk, a friend and I were just talking about doing, well, it was a visual thing. But yes. I agree with you, but maybe we're going to get back to actual communication and not everything being by text and email because I'm a firm believer that a lot doesn't get done when you're only doing it by text and email. Oh, so true. A lot of opportunity is lost. Oh, that's true. And there's a lot more back and forth than if you just pick up the phone. Unfortunately, for people who are doing business with me, I'm pretty talkative, so it takes a while. So I understand why people want to stay off the phone some of the times, but <laughs> sometimes, but it, um, but it is definitely more productive to get something done in a phone call. So maybe we're back to that in a certain way sure. for a while. Well, but, I, I'd uh, also add in, and this, this somewhat uh, lines up with all this is I've noticed that the trend with my daughters, I've got a 12 year old and a 15 year old. Uh, Cause I, I think back to when I was in my junior high and high school years and I had a girlfriend or I had a friend, not really the, it was mainly my girlfriend. Cause I didn't call my, my boyfriends and we just would chat, but my girlfriend right. would just stay on, you'd stay, you'd stay on the phone way too long talking about nothing. And, and it was phone calls. But now my, my daughters, when they call their friends, they do it, you know, FaceTime or video chat. And they, they literally just have each other on video chat and just screw around in their room and and they're just having right. these conversations and i'll walk in and start having conversations with them and then i'll look over at their phone and realize that oh Addie from down the street has been part of this conversation the entire time because she was just on this is like oh, okay this is weird so i guess that's good and bad because they're having the actual visual conversations but at the same time it's kind of weird right and some of um, you know i can't imagine what life would have been like back in our days if we had recorded video on conversations. Oh, sure. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm glad my kids were never into social media at all. Yeah. Where I have always been, but they just shoot it for all. They, you know, they've taught me a lot just by the fact that they rejected it. Yeah. And so we, you and I were talking before we got on about how, rejecting social media is can be a really healthy thing and especially just for a little periods of time yep. at least totally to get grip on reality so uh well i don't know if that's called social media when someone's talking on the phone or right. facebook call but it's it's close and it ends up on social media whatever that may it be possibly can that's that's what i tell them all the time is like if there's a camera and a microphone involved you never know what's going to happen with that yeah yeah. Yep. So, uh, so hey, Chris, before we get to our uh, talking about our guests, which I'm really excited about because it's been a while, uh, I do want to ask you uh, how things are going for your trip to, uh, I guess it's Eastern Oregon where your uh, where your trip is taking place, correct? Next, yeah, well, next year? We, we just had Jonathan Gill from Ringside Steakhouse on the podcast um, a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago. And um, it's going well. We're, uh, we've got almost half of the slots filled up right now. And that was as a result of Chef Jonathan sharing it on his Facebook once. And I just put out a Portland Food Adventures email the other day and we got some nice response. So um, that's going to be a really fun trip with the people at Canyon Outfitters who have been um, guiding people on Hell's Canyon or in Hell's Canyon on the Snake River for uh, over 40 years. And they also do ha, used to do trips to Australia. In Oregon's winter, they would go to Australia and guide people in Australia. So Lynette, the uh, half of the couple that do this, uh, she's Australian. And the other guy, George, they are just the coolest people. I actually heard from someone the other day who got my email and she said uh, she's a regular Portland Food Adventures a tender or a once in a while one anyway. And she wrote me and said, I can't go on that trip, but you hooked up with the most fun, awesome people. I went last summer and it was the best 
trip ever. So we're going to be out on the river for four days or five days, four nights. Uh, well, we start in halfway and then um, we'll have some, we'll do some fishing, some floating and, um, you know, every meal is included. And whenever we show up at a new site, whenever we go to a new site, setup is done, your, your tent, your cots are all ready. Meals are served, and then on the final day, it's a big ringside fest. There will be serving ringside steaks and sides that Jonathan is preparing on the final Wednesday, which would be the night of the 7th. So this occurs, this is a 4th of July thing next year, July 4th through 8th. And uh, you can access that at portlandfoodadventures.com. Thank you for asking, Court. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, for a lot of people, it's something to look forward to in 2021. And while it is a trip, you're not going terribly far. You're staying here in state and you're going to meet some awesome people, do some really cool things and eat some great food. Absolutely. We do. We do have options for people who want to look forward to a trip to Europe next year. Um, So those are there, too. Uh, Italy and Spain with the folks from Erdineta and also Italy, uh, Western Sicily, a fantastic trip with uh, my friend Osprey. So those are there too. And uh, those are almost full. So we, but we do have a couple of slots and I would love to hear some people who are enthusiastic about having something to look forward to throughout this winter that they certainly haven't been able to do all year this year. So, but speaking of travel, yeah, we have Gary Okazaki who better known to most people as Gary, the foodie, Mm -hmm. Uh, with us today. We haven't had Gary on for a couple of years, and uh, I suppose it doesn't, it's not productive to figure out what the reason is, but, uh, you know, I started noticing that two things, a few things. Gary started getting out there again, not only in Portland, but he started traveling to New Orleans and I believe Chicago and Los Angeles. We talk about this. Uh, on the podcast. So I thought it would be great to hear from Gary about what travel is like right now, regardless of what traveling to restaurants is all about. Right. But also that too, what, what his feeling are, what his feelings are and his experiences, you know, traveling the world, going to eat and, um, and what flying is like right now. And also we talk about some of Gary's, he's still in on it, new discoveries in Portland and there are some new places that are opening. And so Gary makes some suggestions on not only where to go, but what to eat there. And then we're going to follow this up next month with another episode where Gary talks, we go to dessert and we talk cause he's, he's got a big sweet tooth. We talk about some of his favorite places in Portland that uh, he's discovered that are now doing some great things uh, with pastries and so forth, and then some more takeout options. Uh, So he's been doing a lot, and we talk about some places that have opened and are opening, and then we'll give him the opportunity, have another month of those experiences, and uh, check back with him in a month. So it's good to have Gary back on the podcast. I suppose the reason was he started his own podcast, which was not Portland-oriented, Right. But I don't, we didn't even talk about it. I don't think that's going on right now, especially over the last six, eight months. So, um, yeah, I like Gary a lot. And uh, the sad part is he started mentioning this to me a while ago, and I don't know if he mentioned it on the podcast, but he's now looking to move out of Portland. Um, and he was looking to do that before this all started, but now he's really yeah. thinking so he's got uh, he wouldn't reveal his his, his top three because he didn't want to jinx it but he'll talk about why and what he's thinking and well he's been here forever so um, I'm sure he's not the only one who wants out um, and we talk a little bit about what the food scene may look like no one really knows but uh, we know it's not going to look the only thing we do know is it's not going to look like it looked like in 2019 right so um, so anyway, it's a great episode. It's fun. It's easy to talk to Gary. No notes required. Just sit down and have a conversation. Gary's a great guy, and it's uh, it's always fun to talk to him. Excuse me. It's always fun to talk to him. And um, so I think everyone will enjoy this episode. And, of course, subscribe. We never say that, Court. No, we never do, and we should. 
We should. So subscribe to the podcast so you know when the next episode with Gary is coming out. And we have some good episodes. We're, we're back to doing a lot of current episodes. Our challenge has been doing, we'd like to make the podcast positive. And for a while there, everything was about closing mm-hmm. and pivoting and all that stuff. And I just think those are not things people are going to listen to forever. So, um, so this is a positive, upbeat podcast, and I hope everyone enjoys it, including you, Court. Oh, I'm I love Gary, so I'm gonna uh, I'll enjoy you catching up with Gary. Great. Right at the Fork is supported by Zupan's Markets. Whether you're an expert chef or a connoisseur of great cuisine, Zupan's Markets has been the number one destination for the food and wine lovers of Portland and beyond for over 40 years. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, or Zupans.com. Ringside Steakhouse. It's time again to slice into the best steaks and service available in Portland. Seating is now available by reservation only for indoor and outdoor dining at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And check out the newly opened New England-style fish and ship spot with a Northwest personality, Rock Paper Fish, a partnership between the Peterson family and Portland icon Micah Camden in the old Boxer Ramen space on East Burnside for takeout only. And by Portland Food Adventures, Cabin Fever, book a fantastic culinary vacation in 2021 with podcast host Chris Angeles. Experience the best of Basque Country with Javier Canteras of Erdinetta or Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Austri Enzyme. Whet your appetite and get more information at portlandfoodadventures.com or contact Red at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more details. All right, so Gary, you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. So good. Well, cool. I, it's been a while since we've, uh, since A, we've seen each other, but B, you've been on the podcast. It's been a couple of years, actually, I think. Yeah, it's so. been kind of crazy, right? I mean, it's, I'd never, God, if you had told me on January 1st of this year, this would be my life this year, I think everyone uh. would say the same thing that it, it it's unimaginable. Yeah, no, I, I was actually just going back, looking back on my some Instagram posts this year. And on New Year's Eve, I was in Victoria, B.C., which was kind of cool, which we can't go to now, right? So who would have thought that was such a special treat? But I was talking about we were at a flamenco dancing thing in Victoria. And I thought, well, I said, well, this is appropriate because I have two trips to Spain this year um so to open the year with flamenco dancing it's awesome and then you know i realized and then we had no idea what was coming down the pike you know so we didn't well, even I, have an idea until march but. well i started the year off as usual traveling a lot i mean i was starting in january first week of january it was la then miami then hong kong then seoul then milan and by by the time milan the, the, that was the last trip and that was end of february and you know uh, i was just avoiding i was evading uh, the coronavirus because in hong kong at the end of january it was right during the chinese new year and there were probably like 19 20 people in all of hong kong who had it but uh, when i landed the one of the first announcements the next day is all the all the schools are closing all the events regarding chinese new year postponed i'm thinking what what's going on i mean it's nothing it's, it's yeah. here. what what are they why are they doing this and you know what they're right i mean it just in milan a few days after i left they shut it down they shut down the city that became the hottest of hot spots in the world at the time yeah well yeah so back in february you can if someone looks i was actually i was in the camp that was saying well this is no worse than the flu i actually and i lost a friend over that so, um, but, you know, amazing how things change so quickly. It was just, uh, you know, I, we just had Ethan Stoll on the podcast. And for me, it started to hit home when Tom Douglas closed his restaurants, right, in Seattle. Yeah. That's where it hit yeah. first. And that was the first time I thought, wow, look what's going on up there. And, uh, you know, who knew, like, three days later it was going to start hitting Portland. And then, wow, it's just... Gary, you know this, everybody knows this, but, you know, with every passing month, it gets more horrific in the Portland food world. So, um, yeah, so, I it, mean, and I mean, it's, it's just not Portland. I mean, su- not surprisingly, um, I've been on the road uh, since mid-August, not a lot, but 
probably more than 99.9% of the people out there. And every city in the United States, probably every city in the world, is having issues. I mean, I think LA has gotten hit the hardest. Really? Uh, with, clo- really. with closings? And have they already just dis- many places? Yeah. I mean, uh, closing, I mean, yeah. I mean, just a really, really, I mean, I don't, I don't check every day, by the way, but regarding the LA food scene, but Jun Wan, which is a Korean restaurant in Koreatown, that closed. One of the best, two of the best new restaurants from last year in the United States, Bon Tom, um, closed. Um, Eric Bost Auburn closed. Here's looking at you, Jonathan Whitener. He was also nominated for James Beard. Every, uh, three out of the four of these restaurants named uh, were um, either James Beard nominated or one of the best restaurants, new restaurants in America nominated. They got multiple awards. All these restaurants. That uh, Auburn closed. I, could, I mean, I mean, here's looking at you closed. I could go on and at least to, you know a few more places in LA. Um, you know, in, in Portland, restaurants have closed. But, you know, Michael Russell and I were talking recently and we were wondering how many of his top, let's say, 20 have closed. It was just Whole Fast and Beast, just from last year's list. So two out of the top 20. And I don't right. know how many of his top 40. In a normal year, he'll have probably 15, 20% of his restaurants closed. So actually, I'm surprised that more restaurants haven't closed. Well, they will. They, we know they, they will. will. Yeah. So it's yeah, just gonna, every every first of the month, you know, or every the last week of every month is probably when a lot of restaurateurs are looking at their numbers and saying, "Man, can we do this one more month?" So um, well, I don't know. You tell, but I think no, no, November, December, January, February is going to be, and through March is going to be rough. I mean, at least restaurants that could open outside were tried to open outside and were able to open outside. They got revenue. But now what? Right. I mean, now that winter is approaching in Portland, Oregon? Oh, my yeah, God. I, th- th- this is when it cascades, I think. November, December, January, February, March. Right. And not only yeah. that, you're not going to be having holiday events. Everybody who makes a little bit of gravy during the holidays with events, that's those aren't going to be happening. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like... The reason I mentioned Portland is because obviously we're doing a Portland food podcast, but I mean, we had, <laughs> I'm arguing, I'm discussing this with a guy who sort of agreed, but primarily disagreed. You know, it was for a lot of people, the food scene is what made life in Portland. And now it's, you know, what is the identity of Portland without this food scene for at least a while? And I, you know, there are going to be a lot of discussions on what happens with spaces and people over time. You know, you've got a lot of displaced restaurant employees and a lot of people have learned something and thought, maybe I want to go back into this business. Maybe I want to do something else entirely. I don't know, but people are going to do. So. Well, when I, when I travel single, every single place I've been to, which is LA, Nashville, Chicago, and New Orleans, just over the last few months, invariably I get asked, at least once, are you okay? As in, is Portland burning down? Yeah. And, and, and it, that's what we're known for. That's, to be honest, for better or for worse, that's what we're known for. Right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I get asked the same thing, and I'm, you know, 90 miles away. <laughs> are you okay? Well, yeah, I'm not walking into the – I'm not one to walk into the protest zone. So uh, – and yeah, that's and that's a whole other issue. Um, but that's uh, what we're known for now around the around the United States, if not the world. That's what we're known for. Yeah, no, I know, and I wonder how I wonder how long that'll last. We don't know, right? How right. long that yeah. you know, legacy? Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Portland's sure in the news. So let's talk a little bit about you. You said you've been out there flying. That's not something that a lot of people have done. I mean, I've been, I've been champing at the bit to do that. And every time I look at a flight and then I go online and Google, how safe is it to fly or something now? Um, you know, what I've read is if you've got a family thing, an emergency, or you need to for business, go ahead and do it. But if it's a vacation, you might want to just hold on for now. So, but you've been, you've been out there. How is it on the planes and what, what is, well, what, navigating to eat food in well, different cities like right now first of all it it's you can't it's impossible no matter how 
Well, the planes are empty. Then yes, you can socially distance. But planes aren't empty. Are not empty now. I fly Southwest and Delta, which still are limiting capacity versus United and American. I would feel uneasy getting on a full flight. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm not. And yes, you can, even with Southwest and Delta, you can't socially distance to six feet. But you know what? In Portland, Oregon, if you take TriMet which I do because I don't drive. I take TriMet almost every day. Initially, mm-hmm. when the pandemic started, TriMet was only allowing 10 people on the bus at a, t- bus at a time was socially distanced at six feet. Now it's three feet and it's, I think, 20 people. So is it, is it safe to get on a TriMet bus? Probably not. I mean, it's not that much less safe than getting on a plane. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. And I, initially that first flight out of Portland going to Nashville, I was nervous. I almost walked away. But once I got on, I felt comfortable and everyone has to wear a mask versus a lot of other places around Portland, Oregon, where people aren't wearing masks mm-hmm. inside or out. Yeah, I feel okay. I feel actually safer on the plane than a lot of places in Portland, Oregon. That's what I've read. Yeah, because I, the exchange I love there. how those young people love those parties, those, co- those coronavirus parties. Good job, young people. Go get those coronavirus parties. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. But I have heard, uh, you know, the, ex- the air exchange uh, rate on planes is positive. And, yes, if everyone's wearing a mask, I think that's from what I have read and all the diagrams I've seen, you're in pretty good shape there. Well, the air, you know. the air, in, a pl- the air in a plane is like, I- I've been told, is an operating room air. It's circulated. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's safer than being in most places inside most restaurants. Right. or where, I mean, mo- most grocery stores. I mean, I, I go to grocery stores. Safer to be right. in a plane than a grocery store. Right. And, and I, you know what? I, I'm not traveling every week like I'd like to. I mean, I, and once I probably have a couple of more trips before, and, and part of the reason I'm flying is just because I, I'm looking at places to move to. Because eventually, I mean, it may. It, I think most likely I will be moving during the pandemic. I don't know when you, people say the pandemic ends, whenever that. But I would like to be gone by next summer from Portland, Oregon. I'm just this place really? is tiring. I'm, and uh, so you other than a I'm few tired. stints in New York, you've lived here most your whole life, right? I've lived in Miami for five years, but that's the okay. longest place I've lived outside of Portland. And I, you, you've heard me talk about how much, how unhappy I am here. I mean, you can only imagine yeah. how much that's amplified. I mean, right. I'm, we'll see where I move to. I mean, I'm still thinking, still a couple more trips and then I'll decide and hopefully it can be, it's going to be, a, you know, a long, you know, cleaning out the house of 50 years worth of stuff or 80 years worth of stuff between my parents' stuff. It's a lot of, things here right and i don't know yeah, we'll listen, see and that's all and that's not an easy listen man, for a guy who doesn't drive that's not an easy move to think of right you gotta do it all without a car and all that stuff yeah god yeah have you, rethought, I, have you rethought the car thing by the way um, i hate driving no no i i mean i drove up until 2017 well, at least yeah. for three years. I drove. I drove from 2014 to 2017, and I once, you know, once my dad passed away, I sold my car. The you know the week after. Thanks, Jasper Shen, who owns XLB. He helped me sell my car. So it was. It was. I was happy. It made me happy when I finally. Right, but in the face of a pandemic, when you're talking about how unsafe it is to be on TriMet, it is I'd kind rather, of car. I'd I'd rather I'd rather. I'd rather be in tri- be on a trimet than be in a car. I mean, me okay. with me driving. Oh yeah, no, not even close. This is a, and so it's, and it's, so, all of us are happy that you're not driving. Is that what you're trying to say? All of us should be happy you're not on the road. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a safe driver. I just I just didn't I didn't like it, and it made me it made me have high anxiety. Right. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to add to the anxiety. Hey, Chris, let's pause a moment and talk about one of our favorite places to eat again, Ringside Steakhouse. That's right. 75 years. The Peterson family has owned it. I wonder if we're going on. No, it's 75. 75 plus plus one, I think, maybe. 
Right. But the 75th year was a challenging one for Ringside as well as other restaurants. And, you know, they've been doing their kits, their steak sales uh, since uh, April or May. And now in the middle of August, they're opening their doors and they're taking reservations for indoor and outdoor dining. They've got a tent set up outside. So I am really happy that uh, tomorrow night, Friday, we're going to celebrate the, op- the reopening of Ringside Steakhouse and the reopening of dining out. It's so nice to be able to do that again. Yeah, and, and you pointed out making those reservations at ringsidesteakhouse.com or using the uh, Open Table app, but that's the only way you can do it. You used to be able to maybe show up and be able to get into the bar or possibly get a, a table if you were lucky, like on a weeknight, but now you need to do a reservation. They have to be. They have to f- figure out their seating plan. So, make a reservation. And then there's another thing that's exciting. We've been hearing a lot uh, about what's going on in Portland, and some of it hasn't been that good. But this is great news: an opening of a new place, which is a partnership between the Peterson family of Ringside and also our friend Micah Camden of Blue Star Donuts fame fame, and Little Big Burger fame, and of course, one of my favorites, uh, Super Deluxe. He's opening in the former Boxer Ramen space on East Burnside, I think it's 26th, um, is uh, Rock Paper Fish. This is, this speaks to me, New England style fish and chips with a Northwest uh, personality too. So uh, Micah, when he does something, um, you know it's going to be good, and for the Peterson family to be involved, they're not putting their name on just anything. So this would be something really cool to check out. That, unlike Ringside now, is takeout only for a while until things we get out of this COVID situation. That's right. So don't forget, make those reservations for both indoor and outdoor for Ringside Steakhouse at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And check out Rock, Paper, Fish as well. That should be fun for you. So, um, it's, you know, I'm thinking about it, and to think of Portland without Gary the foodie is uh, is going to be an indication that times have really changed. So, um, we'll, you know, everybody thinks of you as the guy who's the first one in a restaurant when it opens, and, um, you know... Am I the OG? Probably- am, I, am I the OG, like the, one of the original? I don't know what OG... It's not original gangster. What is OG? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, was I one of the first? I gotta be. I gotta think. I was one of the, one of the first, if not. I hate to. One of the first what? The 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 first crazy food people in Portland. Maybe like to, to, to take it to social media and to become well known within the chef community. Oh well, yeah, within the chef community, absolutely. You're not, you've got to be number one. Well, uh, I mean, I, and, and I get recognized. I got recognized in um, New Orleans. I walked into a restaurant. They say they said, "Oh, there's Gary the foodie." Hi, Gary the foodie. I got recognized outside per se, three Michelin star per se, per se last year. Was walking on a Thomas Keller's per se, and they said, "Hey, there's Gary the foodie." That's um, awesome. Beverly Hills. There, yeah. One person said, uh, "Can I take a picture with you?" I'm sitting next to Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky on the Avengers movies, but I'd rather <laughs> see you than him. Um, so, can I take a picture with you? I said, "Sure." So, right. it's well, that's crazy. good. So, what do you have? Uh, what are your top? What are your top three choices for cities to move to? I, um, I do you mind? I just, I, I just don't want to jinx anything. I'm just, I, I do have a top three, but I just don't want to. Sorry, I just. That's I'm fine. Right. We'll yeah, find out sooner or later. Yeah. We'll find out what your top one is. So, uh, and you know, there's nothing wrong with. Um, I've been rethinking life too. There's nothing wrong with spending a year or two in one place and having your your mindset on I'm going to go somewhere else. I just want to move around a little bit. We're all at the you know. For those of us who believe we only live once, it's uh, there's no reason to think that you need to go somewhere where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Right. Um, yeah, but it's been, you know what, getting back to the food, food, the food scene in Portland, Oregon, I'm switching yeah. a total 180. It's, it's, thanks, thanks for, for how, keeping us in line. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised how many new restaurants have opened during the pandemic or not just restaurants, but food carts too. And for the first two months of the pandemic, I only did takeout. I only did take. 
yeah, excuse me, I only did delivery because I don't drive, so I wasn't really going to go someplace to pick something up and then have right. to go on the bus. I did it once. Um, but yeah, I've ordered, I did a lot of um, delivery the first two months, and I still do quite a bit of delivery in Portland, Oregon. I haven't gone out to that many places to eat in Portland, but I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I could tell you what some of my favorite um things I've eaten, both existing restaurants and new restaurants. I could sure. mention some new restaurants, new restaurant places and food trucks that maybe uh, listeners haven't um, really heard of yet because it's a pandemic. Well, also, so, we're, in this, we're in this crazy period where it's like, not only do we have to, dis- you know, in the old days, it was like, where do I want to go? And it was a uh, a Disneyland of choices, and it was too much to even figure out. Now we don't know exactly who's open and when and how they're doing it, and uh, you know, and it's a, it's a whole different eating experience. So for me, you know, this I, the act of the social act of being in a restaurant and being with people and communicating with the the staff and all that is a large, has always been a large part of the enjoyment for me. The food is fine, but I'm, I've, one thing I've learned in this pandemic is to order great food and take it home and be where I'm just sitting in my house, you know, alone or with my girlfriend, which is great, <laughs> if Renee happens to be listening, um, but it's not the same thing. I mean, I, I, I look forward to getting out. That's one of the nice things about restaurants. So you're not getting out. So it becomes all about the food. The ambiance of the restaurant isn't a factor. Um, and so I found it's kind of lacking. And if it comes down to it, sometimes I'd rather just have a bowl of cereal than go to the trouble and spend the money okay. at the same table where I could have a bowl of cereal. So, um, so anyway, that's my little thing. But let's let's talk about some of the things that you've enjoyed and make some recommendations. Okay. And one thing is I know 99% of you aren't traveling. And one avenue to consider is something a service called gold belly gold belly they have an umbrella of restaurants where you can where they'll send food to you from restaurants around the country and i've ordered new i've maybe used them six times this year the some of my favorite a couple of favorite things i've ordered from them is central grocery in new orleans right even though i was just in new orleans but twice i've ordered the mufalada from central grocery via gold belly and the the mufalada that i've eaten is one of the best things i've eaten in portland during the pandemic another one is the famous katz's deli i ordered uh, a variety of uh meats from katz's and instead of having to fly to New York, it was just nice that it showed up on my on my doorstep. Um, a couple of other places you might want to consider for mail order. One mm-hmm. is uh, Manresa Bread. The baker there, baker owner, is Avery Ruzica, who was nominated for, uh, who's a finalist for the James Beard Outstanding Baker Award multiple times. She has a mm-hmm. Queen Amman that is to die for. And another one is, um, I talked about this before. This is Roy. That's the name of the website, and uh, Chef Roy has sells Penetone, which has been written about many, many times in many, many different publications. It's um, it's truly I won't use the word amazing. It's oh, you truly can. It's all, right. all bets are off now, Gary. You can say anything you want, but that's awesome in in the face of uh, the holidays coming up. Penetone is just fantastic. Right. You've it, found it, a really good one, so. They, they they sell out. They can sell out very quickly, depending on what flavor is um, he has at the moment. So, those were just some of the more na- uh, something to consider is mail order. If you can't travel to Benrisa, if you can't travel to New Orleans, it's it's uh, it's an option. And I got you know. I, now, if, go ahead. No, please go ahead. I was going to say I've got a couple because I've been doing the same thing on Gold Belly, and there's that balance between supporting local and then just ordering and saying, okay, this is convenient and this is good food for me. But I've been ordering on Gold Belly a little bit as well, and uh, a couple of things I won't even mention were missed the mark, perhaps, especially for a pretty high cost. 
um, when you add in shipping. But there is a there is a little column on Goldbelly that says free shipping, and you can look at those options too. So and that cuts it down quite a bit because the shipping of refrigerated food or frozen food can get pretty high. But I'll tell you that I'll 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 uh, mention two of the things that we've had that are just fantastic that I would recommend to anybody, and that's the lobster rolls from the Clunes Lobster Shack in Maine. Um, it's just really simple, really easy to prepare those, and they're absolutely delicious and as good as almost as good as the lobster rolls I get at Lenny and Joe's Fishtail in Connecticut, of which one of the locations I read just closed. Um, so the, the McLoon's Lobster Shack, and then also in, are you a uh, Chicago deep dish style pizza fan, Gary? I, I, I do enjoy Chicago deep dish. I'm like, you know, most pizza fanatics probably don't even think, as, think of it as pizza, but I enjoy it. Right. Well, I've never been a huge fan, but I start with just kind of by accident. And it was in the free shipping column, too. Lou Malnati's in um, Chicago. Uh, I have now probably ordered almost a couple of dozen pizzas from there over the pandemic because they're easy to prepare. They're absolutely delicious. And um, they've been great. The sausage, there's a lot of sausage on there when you order a sausage pie. And one pie can last two to three meals. For I, I've ordered Lou Malnati's, um, not during the pandemic, but I've ordered Lou Malnati's via Gold Belly before. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I like it. Um, I just, the one, the one thing I've noticed with ordering via Gold Belly is pizza is the one thing that I'm, I've, I've done it a few times during the pandemic ordering pizza from Gold Belly, it, it, I don't know. It's just, I think that's one of the harder things to ship. I don't know why. Maybe it just didn't quite turn out the way I thought it should. And plus Portland is really a good pizza town. And right. even, even Domino, I had Domino's two nights ago. God, I love Domino's. And oh man, I haven't had college. I have to, I guess oh, I, I love Domino's. I'm not a snob. Oh. I'm okay with praising a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese when when necessary or having one. So and necessary would be the key word. But um, so now I got to try a Domino's pizza again. Oh yeah, but, you know, yeah. The key yeah. to that, the key to ordering pizza and having it at home is getting the oven to the right temperature to get the cheese at the just starting to bubble but before the crust starts to get to get too overdone so um it's it takes a little bit of nuance to get that right i think but the lumilatis man i've i've had one where the pepperoni that i thought oh man i don't really love this but then i had it again and i did so it must have been how i my day i don't know but i do think the sausage is awesome and i just ordered the spinach too so um yeah it's nice what it's nice for is when you just don't know what you want to do and you want something easy and you throw it in and 40 minutes later, you got a, a low maintenance, low cleanup meal. That's what I like. So, right. Um, and for me, you know, out on the coast, I don't have a lot of takeout options either. I got, I'll mention one as long as we're talking about it. This is really about you, but man, the meatloaf sandwich at Wanda's in Nehalem. It lasts me two meals. You get it with a salad, and um, it's way better than a burger anywhere. And uh, so I've been enjoying that out here too, as well. So, um, all right. So, what else? You've been you've been around though in Portland. You, we haven't even talked about Portland. You were talking about yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's do some new restaurants in Portland that I've actually visited visited or or delivery. Okay, here we go. Some of the new restaurants that have opened up during the pandemic that are might be worth your time, listeners. Uh Montalupo uh from Adam Berger who used to own Tabla in basically on the same street and it's a pasta place and the pasta prices are incredibly reasonable, like incredibly reasonable. The first time I got um I think it was spaghetti puttanesca. It was eight dollars, but that was like the first day they opened. I think it's I think it's ten dollars now because they, how could you charge eight dollars for what they were giving you? Um, and there's a young chef in the kitchen there called Sedona. She's called Sedona McCaffrey Allen. She's very young. She's very good. Uh, so pasta reasonably priced. Montalupo on twenty eighth. Is twenty fourth and Meatball still open? His other place? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. 
Okay, so people might know him, Adam, from there. And of course, there was Tabla. Right. And what was the one in in the Pearl that was opened years ago that was really great that, that got shut down? Um, I have no idea. Sorry. I only know Tabla because I okay. know Tabla. There was another one that uh, he had that was a great restaurant. Okay. Another place that opened up during the pandemic from Elena and Ryan Roadhouse, Tonari. Yeah. And the thing I the thing I love from there is the uh, onigiri razu, which is it's basically like it's sushi, basically. But um, I had a Dungeons Crab avocado kind of California rollish onigiri razu a few weeks ago that was just to die for. And there's there's there was seating outside during the summer. I don't know now with the weather changing, but you can also do. Uh, delivery and takeout and i'm actually going there next friday for a tasting inside on a, in a, a tasting menu inside they're doing they just started doing that at tonari a tasting menu inside so we'll see i don't um like i said i'm obviously not squeamish about eating inside because i've done it while, when i've traveled so i really haven't done it much in portland Mm, yeah, maybe not at all. So, but I, I trust Ryan and Lena, and um, right. I'm sure it's and be that's good. something for anyone uh, to give them a, a, a waypoint. That's in the former Acanto space, right next to Nodoguro. on Belmont. Yes. Yeah, on Belmont. Uh, right. Another food truck that just opened a week ago, well, maybe ten days ago, maybe more like a week ago, or maybe ten days ago, is Sorbu, right across the street from Pizza Jerk on Northeast Forty Second. And I, what I had there, which I absolutely loved, was a porchetto penino. So it's, it's, a, it's just a new food truck in a parking lot, in a, which is attached to a Mexican restaurant. But it's right across the street from Pizza Jerk on Northeast 42nd. Sorbu. And right down the street from Sorbu, and I, I'm not a vegan, but there's actually a vegan food pod right near Northeast 42nd in Killingsworth. So for those vegans out there, go. You might want to. You might be interested in going. So there's one. There's like six food trucks there that are vegan. So enjoy. I'm not. I'm gonna vegan. go there and just walk around and say, "Hey, can I get any pork here? Can you accommodate my diet?" <laughs> <laughs> All over. So interesting. You're talking about food trucks. They were the most well positioned through this pandemic because their model was already. Oh, yeah. They handle it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, they're those that are. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think food trucks have been impacted at all. If not them, to, or or at worst, at best, they're killing it. At worst, it probably isn't that much different than last year. Yeah, yeah. I would have are, to imagine that they've they've done better than normal overall. Right. Exactly. They're fine. Seemingly, right. just in general. Um, I went to a pop up uh, not too long ago, a week, week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a pop-up at Bar Carlo on Foster Road, and it, the pop-up happens Thursday through Sunday, and um, it's it the the main item on their menu are banh mi's, like a tofu banh mi, which I haven't had yet, but I had a chicken banh mi that was very very um, tasty, and I wanted to I didn't know what night the brisket banh mi was on the menu. It wasn't the night that I went. But check um, the Instagram handle. It's called Stabs. Oh, Stabs Smoked Meat Asian, something like that. It's a very okay. But Stabs at Bar Carlo. That's a pop up, and mm-hmm. the person running the pop up, which is interesting, his name's Aaron Moxley. And for those who are in kind of like the dance music indie scene in Portland, they may know his name. He he was a longtime lead singer of a group called The Slants. And uh, now he's doing pop-ups, St- and it's called it's called Stabs. That's his pop-up name, and it's at Bar Carlo, and it's Thursday through Sunday. Um, I want that brisket on me. I hope one of these days, sooner rather than later, I can try it. He also does a he did a prime rib on me that looked absolutely amazing a few weeks ago. Uh, another a restaurant that opened up during the pandemic, Lazy Susan from Earl Ninsum, the prolific Earl Ninsum. He has an all-star cast there. Michelle Rocco does the cocktails from Hano. She's my favorite bartender in town. You have Danny, I believe his last name is McGuff. He was a longtime, um, he was a long-time employee at La Pigeon, and his focus is on wine. 
You have Julian Kelcott, Kel Sot, who's one of the chefs there, along with um, Andrew Mace, who's a partner at Lazy Susan, and Nora Mace, who does the desserts there. The the, the couple of things that I had this summer were just uh, fantastic. There was something called an Addy Melt. Um, longtime Portland chef Cameron Addy passed away, and a lot of Portland restaurants were doing tribute sandwiches. Uh, for for he, that would be donated the money would be donated to he and his family uh, to his family his wife and his daughter and the, it was like a patty melt but they called it the Addy melt and it was the best patty melt I've ever had and they're still on the menu I asked Mace if they're going to keep it on the menu and he said for the time being it would be on the menu so the Addy melt and Nora's potato donut with I think it was with the buttermilk glaze was to die for too so lazy sure. Susan. In the remind, old us where was, remind us where Nora was uh, prior to this, because she has quite a, a story. She past. was she was at she was the La Pigeon um, pastry chef, and then she was a Tusk Ava Jean's pastry chef. There, Excuse there me. you go. Those some of the, those were some of the best desserts in town. At right. Those, so, and also what what we we can't always assume that everybody knows who Earl is or what he does. So Earl is famous for Padi and Longbon and Hot Yai and Eam. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, I think that's it. <laughs> that's, pre yeah. that's pretty good. because when I You say Longbon? I did say Longbon, yes. Okay, yeah, you got everything, I think. Good, yeah. Well, okay. I, didn't, I haven't been to Lazy Susan yet. Have to do that. Another place that most people don't know about it's called cafe Rowan and that's kind of in the, it's just off of Powell and Cesar Chavez. And mm -hmm. I go there for brunch and the chef owner's name is Spencer Ivanko. And it's, it's the food is so pretty present. He does a great job with the presentations, but it's very homey brunch type food. You find like the quintessential avocado toast, but many more things. And it's more, it's more elevated than what you would get for brunch in Portland. We have great brunches in Portland, but this is a little bit more elevated. The food is pretty good location. Cafe Rowan, Spencer Ivanko. Um, another place that, just well, it didn't really. It's not. It's a, it was a pop up that just happened for the first time uh, last week, and it's called Honey Bagel, and it's a pop up that happened at Pizza Jerk on the Northeast Forty Second location on a Saturday, and Josh Sales is the person behind Honey Bagel. There were four different types of bagel plus three different types of spreads, I believe, mm -hmm. and I got to taste test the bagels prior over the last like previous six weeks. Tommy Habits is also helping out uh, Josh with the pop-up because it's also happening at, like I said, a pizza jerk on North Northeast 42nd location. So Tommy he texted me, said, you want to come in and try some bagels? I said, sure. So I was trying, you know, from the very beginning, I was trying Josh's bagels and I was happy with the progress and I was happy to see the honey bagel pop-up sell out. And my favorite of the four that I had was a chocolate bagel. Tommy asked me, what's your favorite bagel, Gary? I said, well, God, you know what? I love Einstein's bagels. I always get the chocolate chip bagels when I'm on the road and I see Einstein bagels at an airport or wherever. And I said, okay. So Tommy actually created um, a chocolate bagel, and I love it. He's using he's Jacobson salt and guitar chocolate, and it's not overly sweet. So if you have a chance, try the honey bagel pop-up and get the chocolate bagel. And Tommy is considering doing a pizza bagel. He didn't do it uh, at the pop-up, but he, I, I went over and he made me a pizza bagel and it was, it was really good. So wow. if you see Tommy that sounds, habits, that sounds tell him great. you want a pizza bagel. I will. Um, absolutely. And I'm, I will not, I will not do what everybody thinks I would ask of him to put on that. Right. Pizza. But um, yeah, no, and Pizza Jerk is always a favorite, man. Every time I go there, I think this is, it's just solid. It's really good. So there's a good option in this. 
But let's do those on a let's do those on another week because Gary, we would love to check back in with you. And I know if we wait a week or two or three or a month, you're going to have a whole bevy of new things to talk about. Not only in yeah. Portland, but some traveling that you're doing. And we'd like to keep checking in with you. I think it's really nice to hear about new things that have been discovered instead of shitty things that we've learned. So, um, so that would be great. So just to tease it a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about some pop-ups and some bagels and some... And can I add something? Possibly Peter Cho and Sun Young Park's restaurant will have opened by the next time we do this called Tokyo. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Well, now you can talk about what that's all about because they're taking the former Tasty and Alder space, which is like a prime space in Portland, Oregon. Right. And they're converting into a takeout grocery store type of concept. At least that's what's been decided thus far. But with Peter and Son, they will change on a minute's notice and will figure something out if they don't feel comfortable with a specific concept. They'll change it until they are comfortable. And we've talked about it even this week when they drop by my lawn. So I hope to have more information and maybe it might have even been opened. I, it, the, the news will probably come out in one of uh, a couple of different Instagram handles, either my Instagram handle, Gary the Foodie, or it'll come out on Toki PDX Instagram handle, really T O K I PDX. Um, that's the literally the Instagram handle or Han Oak Instagram handle. So keep your eye out for the opening of Toki. Um, I think it'll open up in November sometime. So, Has, what's what's Han Oak doing right now? They're doing takeout, and every week the menu changes a bit. I guess last weekend, which I didn't get to go to, there was a chicken sandwich that they were selling, amongst other things. Uh, but he adds usually one or two different items every week. I, the week before, I went in and had a bao burger. It's basically mm-hmm. like a humbao or steam bao. You know, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners have seen those. But inside is basically a hamburger, two patties, some cheese, sauce. Ooh. So, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. So, I, you can, I don't know if you can, you can, you can probably give us an idea. I don't think you can speak for Peter and Son, but what... So what's their take on all of this? So, you know, it's been difficult, I'm sure. But now they're opening a new restaurant, which is not something that a lot of uh, successful restaurateurs in Portland have made the decision to do. So they're kind of running against the grain. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, that, it seems like Peter and Son will do things you don't expect because Hanok, in his, the conception of if Hanok, is very unusual in the sense that they basically lived lived uh, next door to their restaurant. I mean, who does that? And so opening up a concept during a pandemic, you just don't think, because they had a choice. They didn't have to take the deal versus yeah. a lot of these other places. The, 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 the restaurants were already on the board in, in process. So and the pandemic happened, but they still went through with it. So they're just going against the grain and hope, hope it works out. I mean, it's such a prime location. How can you turn down um, an offer that they couldn't refuse? So that's Toki, but by the next time we talk with you, Gary, you will have been able to be there and be a little more specific about what's going on at that restaurant. I think it's fantastic. I'm sure they got a pretty good deal, you know, because the Gorums are obviously trying, were, had to get out of all of their leases and everything. So I'm sure not only there, so they jumped on an opportunity and uh, it probably was a, a win-win-win, right? For them, for the Gorums and Hopefully. for yeah. the dining public. They're going to win oh. by this too. So let's hope that we see some more of those. I know that John was happy about someone who took over the uh, Toro Bravo space too. It's also sad to me. I'm so, uh, it, it to me is... I, I, I just hate that seven of the best restaurants or my favorite restaurants are all in, out there. But at any rate, that's another issue. Um, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to the next uh, podcast where we talk about other uh, sweet Yeah. Things. So where are you going to be traveling in the next uh, between now and let's say Thanksgiving? Uh, Enrique Olvera 
one of the most famous chefs in the world just opened or will open on October 21st a restaurant called Damien in downtown LA. So I got a reservation. Re- reservations are just they're they're hard to come by. Um uh yeah, so I'm I was happened to be up at 12:01 recently mm-hmm. and I was able to get the the res- a reservation on the day 30 days in advance on that day cuz I was up at 12:01. Am so um, I'll be going to LA. I hope and before Thanksgiving and to eat at many places, but I'm mostly going to check out Damien. All right. Well, let's plan on reconvening right after Thanksgiving then, and find out what you did uh, for Thanksgiving, and uh, also talk about that. And I will say, you just triggered me to remember Adam Berger's old restaurant, which you may remember was 1001. Uh, in the Pearl, did you ever go there? Are you sure that was his restaurant? First of all, I don't, I, I didn't. But are you sure that's Adam? And you, you would know, I think. I don't know. Is yeah, it, no, that was, really that, was his, that was his restaurant. Okay. That's when I first met him, and that was one. You know, that goes back to some of the really early days of this food world, right? Before it really was when it was just starting to blossom. Was was when that was open because I remember that okay. was one. You know, I really was impressed by that. But anyway, irrelevant, um, but it does relate a little bit. And I thought it was funny when you said 1201, where that triggered me. You know, my memory doesn't work as well as it used to. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to have a nice Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you after Thanksgiving. And so, good luck. Thank you. Right. And and I've never said this in this context before, but dude, stay safe out there. I know. I will. Thanks. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.